Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. For Apostle God, thank you for using her in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 How many love the word of God? How many really love the word of God? How many really, 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 really love the word of God? Okay, you say you love it, right? Do you love it enough to stay in it? Okay. I heard some low yes. Because if you really, really love something, you want to be in it and you want to be a part of it, right? And when we know what the word does for us, That's when we want to continually be in the word of God. We want to pay attention to his words. And we want to let them not depart from our eyes, right? We want to incline our ear, not letting them depart from our eyes, keeping them in the midst of our heart because they are life unto what? All those that find them and their health to all flesh. That's just how important the word is. And we've been talking about prayer, what prayer is. And we know prayer is communicating with God and is talking to God and God talking back to us. But the thing that I find out at times, even with me, sometimes I can be a blabbermouth. And I can just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then sometime I'll be silent and I'll say, okay, God, what you got to say about that? I have said so much, I don't even know what answer I'm looking for now. Because we can talk so much, we miss him. And we don't want to miss him. So we want to get into a place where he's communing with us and we're communing with him. It's, It's communication. How would you feel if someone keep on talking and talking and talking and talking and you can't get a word in edgewise and you have the answer, but they won't allow you to give it? Have you ever been in those situations? Husbands, have you ever been in that situation with your wives? I think there's only two men in here that can answer right now, right? Julia, your husband, and mine. So y'all tread softly. That's all we got to say. All right, Julia? (laughs) So, well, we got Rick over there. I don't want to forget about... um, he don't have that problem. Okay, Kathy, we're going to pray for you. Rick, do you want me to pull out the oil tonight? Do you want me to grease her down good? He said, grease her down. We know how it is when uh, we just tell them all our problems. Even throw them up in there with them problems. And, and we dare them to answer, right? So when we come to God, we should be ready to, we should have an expectancy for him to speak to us. Um, We talked about how God uh, speaks to us in one way is through the word of God. And we went over 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And I want to go back over that again, y'all, because this is so good when we know that 
God will speak to us through his word. It says in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now I want to start there. And it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So it means all the scripture. Not one scripture is left out. All the scripture is the breath of God. Is God breathed. That means that God speaks to us through his word. His word has already been written. So when we're speaking his word, it's actually God speaking unto you. Don't look at the person. Look who's behind the word that that person is speaking. This is why you need to follow along in the word of God. You need to search the scriptures just like they did in the book of Acts. When they um, bought them the word of God, it said that they searched those scriptures to see if what they were saying was according to the scripture. So anytime I'm teaching or anyone else is teaching, you need to jot those scriptures down. If you can't get all of them, you need to go back and listen to the teaching. So you can say, well, God, let me see if they're on point with the word of God. Let me see if what they're telling me is true. You cannot take everybody at their word, but if they're bringing forth the word of God, it is God speaking unto you through the word. But you want to go search for yourself and say, God, I want to hear you for myself. I know you have given it to her. You have given it to him. Now, God, give it to me the way you want me to receive it. It can be the same word, but somebody could bring it differently. Either way, it's God's word. It is the breath of God that we're hearing is coming from God. So when we look at that scripture, what does it mean by all scriptures are giving by inspiration of God? It's the breath of God. It's God speaking unto us through the scriptures, through what has already been written. God is speaking all the time. But we have to have our heart open, our heart prepared to hear what God has to say through the word of God. The more you're in the word of God, when someone is teaching, your baby is leaping. Because you done been there, you, you know, you have meditated on that, and it gives you an excitement, it gives you a joy. Because you say, yes, Lord, you're speaking to me. You know that God is speaking to your heart. When we look at um, John 6, 63, all of us are familiar with that verse of scripture. It says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh do does not give life. It's useless, counts for nothing. This is the expanded Bible. The words I told you are spirit and they give life. And they're from the spirit who gives life. So when God's word is being spoken, it's bringing life unto you. It's supposed to quicken you. It's supposed to make um, you come alive. Where is that happening at? In the spirit. So this is why you have to be so attentive, paying attention to his word, because you know it's going to bring life unto you. When you know what the word of God does, I'll give you an example. If you take Tylenol, you take a leave, you take any type of medication, you read the direction. Some of us don't read no direction. We just take them like we want to take them because we know two ain't going to do. So I'm going to take five of these because that's what worked for me. May not, two may do you, but five do me. That's how some people do. So when you take that, you have an expectancy before you open the bottle. 
You have an expectancy that that medication is going to bring you something. It's going to bring you some relief. You don't even really think about it. You just take it. You go about your business and all of a sudden you say, oh, my pain is gone. So when it comes to the word of God, we should have an expectancy before we even get into the word, knowing that the word has done what it's going to do. I'm still talking about prayer because if you don't know the effects of the word, if you don't know what the word does, and this is what God does when he speaks to us, he speaks to us from his word. So we need to know the effects that's coming from the word. The word is going to quicken us. The word is going to give us life. So who do not, who don't want to get into the word of God when you know there's life in the word? We go to everything else to try to find satisfaction, to try to find contentment. But when we go into the word of God, we should know that the word has everything that we need. That's why he said it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profit you nothing. The words that I have spoken unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Why? They are the breath of God. This is why when that body was there, it was formed. It had no life. But as soon as God blew his breath into that body, his spirit, that body became a living soul. This is what happened to Jesus and the disciples in John chapter 20. When Jesus breathed on them, guess what happened? The spirit of God was released. Life was released into them at that point that's when they were born again so this is why we need the word of god because this is our nourishment this is how god speaks to us when we look at second peter 1 verse 21 second peter 1 verse 21 again i'm reading out the expanded bible no prophecy ever came from what a person wanted to say human will intention But people led, carried, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke words from God. True prophecy originate with God, not with the prophet. So each time a prophet would bring the word of God, that word was spoken to that prophet from God. And this is how, y'all, we get the written word of God. Everything that they spoke didn't originate from them. So when I'm up here speaking to you, it's not coming something from me is coming from God you shouldn't see me you should see him through me and that's why you follow the scriptures because if I'm doing the will of God I'm not going to go outside of God but some people don't know when people are going outside of God because they're not in the word of God when you go into the word of God and the Holy Spirit illuminate that word and give you revelation from that word guess what's going to happen you're going to say now that's God That's what God is saying. But if you don't have no revelation at that time, someone could be speaking truth to you from what God has given them and you're not taking it that way because you had some false teaching or you had some false doctrine um, um, dwelling on the inside of you. So you're not coming with that person. You're not in agreement because you're saying that that's not what that scripture say. So this is why we have to be in close um, fellowship with God and be communing with him. So whoever speaks the word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to testify to the truth of what's being spoken. Sometimes when people speak a word from the Lord, the word of God, sometimes they don't bring it out the way it need to be brought out, even though it's the word. They haven't brought the word out to the fullness. So you sitting up there saying, no. 
you need to bring it out what you're saying i understand what you're saying but you need to bring it out even the more so people won't think that you don't know what you're talking about some people just leave it there but they don't expound on it you got to expound on it a good teacher is going to expound on that word a good teacher is going to know how to bring some back up to let you know i know what god is saying i know what god has already said they have studied the word of God. They have meditated on the word of God. They have gotten some illumination and some revelation from the word of God that they may go over one scripture and that's it. And that brings a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of scripture. The Holy Spirit will bring scriptures to you that you haven't even researched. That you haven't even um, looked up. Why? Because you have read those scriptures a long time ago. You have meditated on those scriptures. So the Holy Spirit will bring that scripture in with what you're teaching. You'll be like, that's right, God. Thank you for that. That's how a good teacher is. So this is why we have to know that whatever is written is coming from God. The whole Bible has come from God through men and women that he has used to speak on his behalf. This is why we go to the book of Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. Y'all familiar with this? Rain and snow fall from the sky. Is that true? And don't return without watering the ground. Is that true? <laughs> they cause the plants to sprout and grow, making seed for the farmer, sower, and bread for the people. Is that true? So God used that to say the same thing is true. Of the words I speak, they go out of my mouth. They will not return to me empty. They will make the things happen that I want to happen, accomplish what I desire, the purpose, and they succeed in doing what I sent them to do. So what God is saying here, when he's saying the same thing is true of the words I speak, we're speaking on his behalf. And this is why we have to be in prayer. Because when you're in prayer with God, you may want to speak something totally different from what he wants you to speak for that time. So when you're in prayer with him, God will bring a scripture up. And he'll remind you through the Holy Spirit, this is what I want you to speak over this person. This is what I want you to say. This is why God told his disciples, when you stand in the synagogue, when you're in front of them, I'm paraphrasing it. He said, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. He said, I'll speak for you. I'll speak through you. What is he doing? The Holy Spirit is reminding us of what God has already said. So we don't have to, um, if, if Terry is sitting back there and God's telling me, I got a word for Terry. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting, I'm, okay, give it to me, give it to me. He said, no, call Terry up. And as you call him up, I'll speak through you and I'll speak for you to Terry. See, what we want is, we want God to tell us everything. If God told us everything he wanted to say to somebody, we would mess it up. And that wouldn't be what God said. But as you speaking, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, by the breath of God, all of a sudden it's a constant flow. You don't have to think about what you're saying because the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, he's feeding you. God is giving you his word. And as you open your mouth, boom, 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 boom. There it go. But if you sit there and try to think about what you're going to say to somebody, that's flesh. If you got to think about how you're going to get it all together, that's flesh. You have to trust him when you're speaking to somebody. You can't trust yourself. So this is why he said his word is not coming back void, y'all. 
His word is going to go out and accomplish that which he pleased. And it's going to prosper. It's going to seed in the thing that he sent it to do. So this is how important the word of God is. The enemy does not want us to know the importance of the word. Why? Because he knows the word is going to quicken us. It's going to give us life. The word will heal. The word will deliver. The word will set the captive free. So he want to keep us in confusion. And, and there's no confusion about God, is it? In him, there is no confusion. So we have to stay in the word to know what God is saying for such a time as this. So when we look at the word, we're we're talking about how, what the word does. Have you ever been in the word and you just reading the word and all of a sudden there's a scripture that just stands out. A piece of that scripture, that whole chapter you read is just one verse that stands out. God is speaking through that verse. God wants you to stop. Some of us have reading plans and we like, I got to read all this in a year. I ain't got time to stop feeling like you done something, but you need to wait and say, God, what are you saying to me? Speak Lord. What that's, that's communicating with God. That's prayer. God is saying, I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you. Well, God, wait till I finish these three chapters and then we'll talk. Let me finish these three chapters. God, you know I'm on a deadline here. I got to get so many in a day. Let me finish these three chapters. But you're supposed to stop and say, God, speak to me. What are you saying to me through your word? And I'm telling you something. When God began to speak, your baby began to leave. you like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's why we have to spend time with God in prayer. So we'll know what to say and we'll know how to say it. Some of us say things out of our flesh. When it comes to the word, we're speaking the word, but it's coming through the flesh. God wanted to come through the spirit because a person that's in the flesh, they can quote this Bible. They can quote it well. And somebody else that's in the flesh is thinking that they're a scholar and they're acting like a fool. Because anybody who quote the word of God should be living what they're quoting. Then you know where they've been. If somebody is quoting it and they're not living it, they ain't really been in it. Once you get in the word and the word get in you, that is your lifestyle. Nobody have to tell you how to live because you're living according to the word of God. You're living according to what God is telling you for that day that you're in. I have to go back to this scripture, y'all, because it sets me on fire every time I read it. Psalms 143.8. I just love this verse of scripture. Especially in the morning when I get up. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. Oh, it's so awesome when you sit before God and you're saying, God, I don't want to miss anything. I need for you to show me the way I need to go. I need for you to instruct me, teach me, counsel me. God, I need your help today. And all of a sudden, God will begin to speak. And he can speak into, into some subtle, you know, it's so subtle. Just like we talked about Elijah last week. God was not in the earthquake. He was not in the fire. He was not in the wind. It was a small, still voice. And Elijah took and wrapped his mantle around him because he knew that God was getting ready to speak. So we have to know the ways in which God come. God is not going to come the same way all the time. God wants you to know the different ways he can speak to you. This is why we're talking about through the word of God. Some of us look for a quickening and a shaking and we wait for the earth to move or we wait for God to say, this is God. Are you listening? (laughs) We want a deep voice or something deep. No, 
the more time you spend with God, you know right off the bat that that was God and not you. You're saying, yes, Father. Yes, Father, I'll do that, Father. Thank you, Father. So that's why we need to spend time with him. And spending time with him is spending time in his word. So we know that the scripture is really the breath of God. It's God speaking unto us. All scripture is given by uh, inspiration of God. It's given to us. All scripture. So that's God speaking through all of these scriptures. Amen. He's not leaving one out. The next thing it is, it's useful for teaching. The word of God is useful for teaching. Why am I saying this in prayer? The reason why, because when you get into prayer with God, God is teaching you through his word. He is teaching you something even in prayer. I remember God is bringing this back up for some reason. Me and my husband again. It's always me and my husband, y'all. Y'all like, like y'all, ain't, y'all ain't got no situations with y'all husbands or whoever else in y'all house. I ain't ashamed of my game because I got it right. You hear me? You heard me. Ain't that what Curtis said? You heard me. Anyway, I remember um, me and my husband was having a little spat. Y'all, it wasn't a big thing. Them little things is what gets you, isn't it? So it can be the little things. And I remember we just going, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, he went one way, I went to another. I went in my little room, and I started talking to the Lord. And I was talking about that man. I was talking about that man. He wouldn't say he was sorry. I wanted him to tell me he was sorry because I knew I was right. How many of y'all know you want that person to tell you they're sorry? But how many know even if they told you they were sorry, you would look at them and say, oh, you ain't sorry. You just saying you sorry. You ain't sorry. You just want me to shut up. I know you ain't sorry. How can you tell a man he ain't sorry? Come on, we all done it. You just want me to shut up. You ain't sorry. So when I was talking to the Lord, the Lord told me, see, this is prayer. And the Lord will remind you where you are. He will bring something to your remembrance. So when the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go apologize to him. I'm like, for what? I didn't do nothing. He needed to realize what he'd done. But when the Lord got through talking with me, I said, I'll go apologize. Soon as I got ready to step out of the room, he said, leave your butt out of it. And I said, but... He said, because you're going to go in there and say, I wouldn't have said what I said, if you, but if you hadn't. So see, God speaks. So I said, okay, God. He said, if he never say he's sorry, he said, you're supposed to forgive. Because that's what my word says. So when I went and told him, y'all think he told me he was, oh, it made me mad. I had to go right back in the room. I did what God told me to do, but I had to go back in the room. But the next day he did apologize. See, God tests us to see where we are and see, to see if we're going to be obedient to him. Why do some of us not apologize? I'm going to tell you why. Because you're stubborn. You're rebellious. You're prideful. Pride will get so much in the way, you think you better than the person you should be apologizing to. You think you deserve an apology and they don't. That's the problem, y'all. Regardless if they never apologize, you doing what the word of, that tells me, or it should tell you who's really in the word. Because it doesn't matter if you were right or wrong, you obedient to God rather than man. You out to please God rather than man. This is why at times I'll say, you know, I'm so sorry if I've done something or said something to offend you, I am so sorry. Literally, I don't know what I've done. (laughs) 
But I'm saying I'm so sorry. Please forgive me if I upset you in any way. Y'all, it took me a long time for my flesh not to cringe while I'm saying that, for real. But once I got into that fellowship with God, knowing that I was connected with him, knowing that I was joined unto him as one flesh, and knowing that as he is, so am I in this world, I began to say, who am I not to humble myself? Who am I not to apologize? And the only thing I can do is humble myself and apologize. Regardless if they say nothing, I did what God required me to do, and I can go in peace. That's how it's supposed to be. So when you know you actually done what God told you to do, not just doing it to say you've done it, but you doing it because you know it's right according to what's written. And then when you do it with the right um, spirit and the right spirit and your heart is right, right, the word quickens you immediately. The word gives you comfort like you never had before. The word will give you peace like you never had before. And it don't matter if they never say nothing to you. You know you did what the word told you to do. That's how it's supposed to be. Because see, that's how the word teach you. The word's supposed to teach you something. And if you're still rebellious and you're still prideful, you're looking at the word like it's not doing what it's supposed to do. The problem is we don't allow the word to do what it needs to do. It's just like a child. We can teach our children in the way they should go, right? We can give them what's right. They have to choose. We've done our part. We cannot follow our child, our children around and say, what I tell you? <laughs> can we do that? Not in school because they got teachers teaching them. They go places with their friends. They're on the phone. They're looking at games. They're doing some stuff. Sometimes we don't know what they're doing until the Holy Spirit reveal it to us. And then they shout, who told you that? I remember, um, Jeremy, I'm always talking about that jolly green giant, believe it or not. Y'all, through Jeremy, I know I'm saved. I'm being honest. Some of you mamas can agree with me. You got a child out there that you know for a fact that God saved you, that God delivered you, that God said, I'm telling you, I feel like running through this church because I know what God done for me. Y'all can sit there all y'all want. I know what he done for me through that boy. But bring it back, Holy Spirit. It's so much you done. Anyway, I um, would do this to Jeremy. I never forget. That boy looked me in my face and lied. And I knew he was lying. I said, mm -hmm, your lie is going to catch up with you, boy. So what I did, I got him a phone, and I put a tracker on it. I said, I'll fix you now. So I would call him. I said, hey, baby. Hey, mama. I said, where you at, baby? I'm so and so. I said, you're lying. <laughs> I said, you done told a lie. Um, mama, God's speaking to you. I ain't open my mouth. <laughs> I, ain't open. I said, you're just lying. That's what you're doing. You're just lying. So one day I called him and he told me and his daddy, he was somewhere. I said, no, you ain't, you're on 421. The phone went silent. He said, how's my mama finding out where I'm at? And then I threw this in there, y'all. You don't think I know Jesus? <laughs> but you, you don't think I know Jesus? <laughs> so y'all, when I went in prayer, this is what the Lord told me. He said, you lying. I said, oh, Lord, please forgive me. He said, you are manipulating your son and using me to do. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I repent in the name of Jesus. 
So my son told, called me one day. He said, Mama, my phone is acting up, and I don't know what's going on with it. I said, Baby, just bring it to Mama. I'll take it to Verizon tomorrow, and I'll handle it for you. I knew what was going on. So finally, he called me back. He said, Mom, I fixed my phone. I said, oh, you did, baby? He said, yeah, I took the track off. I had to go back in prayer for real. So then I said, Lord, for real, y'all, I said, Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned. I lied on you, Lord. I was manipulating my son. I was in the witchcraft. Do y'all know manipulation is a form of witchcraft? And that was in my house. So the Lord had to tell me, I had him thinking it was God talking to me, and it was flesh. It wasn't no quickening coming from God. It was coming from Verizon. <laughs> so, so finally, I repented, and I got back in my place with God, y'all, and this is no lie. When I got back in my place, God was speaking to me about my son. And one day I called him, I said, don't go back where you've been going. Because something is getting ready to happen down there. Okay, mama. Only thing I could say was, Lord, please help my son to listen. Because I knew God was speaking. The very same day, y'all, Jeremy told me where I told him not to go, the cops busted the whole house. What am I saying? Y'all, God is such a loving God. See, when you have a change of heart, repent means you have changed your mind from what you're doing. See, I was doing something trying to fix it. Not realizing I did know, but I choose not to do it God's way. I want to do it my way. Y'all, it got so bad with me and my son. I changed. Lord knows I changed. But it got so bad with me and my son. He said when I called his phone, he started crying. He said, oh, Lord, it's my mama. He would start crying. So he told me, he said, Mama, I I didn't know what to do no more. I said, I did. I had to keep him on his P's and Q's because as the Lord would tell me, I would tell him. And he told me when Jeremy got his own children, he finally admitted. He said, Mama, the stuff you told me was so true, but I wasn't going to let you know it. He said, I made you feel as if that it wasn't true. But I knew it was true, but I wasn't going to give you that part of that because then you would look at me like, I told you, I told you, I told you. I said, boy, you here today because of what God said. So I'm here to tell you when you in the word and I begin y'all to focus so much on this word that he was not on my mind no more. Now, I'm going to tell you how the enemy brings stuff back up. When I got back in my place with God and I had to leave him unto God and say, God, I I have to put him in your hands. There's nothing I can do. I gave him the word. He was raised the right way he's supposed to. So, God, you you watch over your word to perform it. You hasten your word to perform it. Y'all, I got at peace. But I remember one day I was at the desk and I was studying and I tell this all the time and I was just giving God glory and the phone rang and I looked and said, Pentecost, oh God, what has he done, Lord? What has he done, Lord Jesus? And I sat there and I got quiet and the Holy Spirit said, he ain't in school no more. I said, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Y'all know y'all been there. Parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's been a hard time, but I'm telling you, through those times, God raised me up through my children. He raised me up. Ariel was different, 
But even with her being different, it still was something. What was going on with Arian? She was too shy to speak for herself. So every minute I had to say, Ariel, you can do this. Mama, I don't want to be around. Ariel, you can. So I'm sitting at home praying, Lord, send somebody to speak to us. Send somebody that she can be. So every child is different. And you raise them, but you have a child that's out there that run their mouth like Jeremy. And then you have a child that just look at you in silence like Ariel. I believe y'all got some of those too. So you have to know how to go in and out with those children. And the way I went in and out with them was going in and out the word of God. Ariel's situation was different where she wouldn't say anything. And they thought that Ariel couldn't talk. They thought she needed a speech therapist. Never forget, the teacher come to me. She said, Miss Bryant, um, we have been talking and we think you should take your daughter uh, to a speech therapist. Matter of fact, we have one coming out here and we're going to put her in there. I said, no, you're not. I said, ain't nothing wrong with my daughter. I said, she's timid, she's shy, and when she talks, she'll, you know, get her words all mangled up. I said, but her speech is just fine. And no, she will not see a speech therapist. So she said, well, Miss Bryant, I'm telling you. I said, I don't care what that teacher says. You're not laboring my daughter because I know there's nothing wrong with her speech. So, y'all, guess what? She didn't have a speech therapist. I didn't fall for that because I knew my daughter. So I had to literally, with Ariel and with Jeremy, I said, Lord, you are my psychiatrist. I will lay before him and say, speak, Lord. What do I need today from your word? I need some medicine. I need some double dose today, God. Give it to me. So see, that's prayer. That's communing with God. That's communicating with God. But if you never pick up this word, how are you going to know when God is talking? Because God speaks through his word. He teaches you through the word of God. He lets you know when somebody is off when it comes to the word of God. That's bringing that correction. We're going to get to that one too. But how you know if somebody is off if you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you concerning the word of God. Go with me to Matthew 22, 23 through verse 33. I know it's long, but I want to show you about teaching. Matthew 22, verse 23 through 33. And it reads, That same day, Some Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him a question. The Sadducees believed that people would not raise from the dead, rise from the dead. They said, teacher, Moses said, if a married man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and have children, raise up offspring seized from him. Once there were seven brothers among us, the first one married and died. Since he had no children, his brother married the widow. Then the second brother also died. The same thing happened to the third brother and all the other brothers. Finally, the woman died. Since all seven men had married her, when people rise from the dead at the resurrection, whose wife would she be? Now, this is how Jesus answered. Jesus answered, you don't understand are mistaken to see because you don't know what the scriptures say. And you don't know about the power of God. When people rise from the dead at resurrection, they will not marry, nor will they be given to someone to marry. They will be like the angels in heaven. Look how Jesus was teaching. He wasn't only teaching, but he was giving correction. 
See, this is why you have to know what the word is saying for yourself because people will twist the word. They will make the word say what they want the word to say. They will add to it. They will take away from it. And that's why Jesus said, you don't understand because you don't know what the scriptures say. The only way we're going to know what the scripture is saying is through our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach us. He will help us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He only testifies according to the truth. If you sit up under false doctrine and the truth come in the, ho- in the house and bite you in your behind, you wouldn't receive it. Because you've been under false teaching for so long that you would say, no, this is what the word is saying. This is why you have to go into the word, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate that word, to give you revelation and quicken you according to that word. And he will do it. He will let you know, no, that's taken out of content. That's not what the word says. That's why you cannot take one scripture and reference that scripture with a lot of scriptures and think that all of them is saying the same thing. Because the words may be the same, but they have different meanings. That's why you go into Greek and that's why you go into Hebrew. You have to know what those words are saying. A good teacher is going to dissect the word of God. It's like a frog. Y'all remember in school, you had to dissect that frog. And they made sure you did. Ooh, Mr. Casey, was it Mr. Casey? See, too many women, girls was after Mr. Casey. They weren't thinking about dissecting no frog. They was in his class to court Mr. Casey. That's another subject. Anyway, Renee, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Anyway, you got to dissect the word of God. If you don't take the time, now there's reading, there's studying, and there's meditating. You got to do all three of them. You can't just read it. You got to go into the word of God and you got to begin to study it. You got to begin to meditate on what you're studying and then things begin to come together. Sometimes I can spend six to eight hours on one verse just sitting there because God will open up that verse even the more. And the more he open up that verse, the more that verse is getting on the inside of me and the more I'm planting the word of God in me, I'm accepting what the word of God is saying. I have understanding without the understanding of the word, the word won't help you. If you have no understanding, you might as well not even read it. You have to understand what's being said. That's why you have to ask questions. How, when, what, where, all of that stuff. Okay, God, what are you saying about this? God, how did this come about? God, where did this happen? You asking all of these questions because you're trying to dissect that word. You're trying to understand. And that's why you have to take that whole, cha- that whole verse of scripture. The whole chapter, I mean, and read it. Like if you got chapter two, you might have to back up and say, wait a minute. This, he's saying this because he said this. So it takes study. Don't get a lot of scriptures and think that you're teaching. That don't work. When a person really teach the word, there is a flow. Because that word is so much in them, it's going boom, boom, boom. It's just going everywhere. It's like a river. It's reaching everybody in every area. That's what a good teacher do. So the word teach you. The word brings life to you. So you need teaching from that word so you will know how to carry yourself through what you're being taught. To this day, everything that me and my husband taught Jeremy and our children, y'all, it goes with them everywhere they go. 
Some things that we do, they do. Some things that I have done myself is so funny because Jeremy's like a mother, he's like a father, he's like a brother, he's like a sister, he's all in one. So with his children, him and Queet May, I call her Queet May, Queet May say, you act like you the mama, you act like you know. He said, Quisha, I do know because I watch my mama. I watch what mama did in these situations so I know what to do even though I'm a man. I watch what my daddy did in these situations so I know what I'm doing in this situation. It don't make you less of a mother. I'm just carrying on what I know, what I have been taught. Come on, somebody. You, When you've been taught something, you fall right into what you've been taught. When I was raised, granddaddy and grandmama taught me so well to cook, to clean. Being in the field taught me dealing with money, dealing with the work, a lot of stuff. So I grew up with that. So... I may have been different, but it's because of the way you're taught. It's because of your upbringing. So whatever you've been taught, that's how you're going to live. So this is why, this is what the word of God does. The word teaches us. It teaches us in the way that we should go, and that's how we should walk. That's how we should live. So that's why you need to stay in the word and say, uh-uh, I uh, can't do that. The Bible tells me, don't fornicate. So if the Bible's teaching me, if this is what God is saying, y'all, this is what gets me. Let me clear something up too. When it comes to homosexuality, the Bible says it's an abomination. It is a sin. God does, he don't hate gays. God love everybody. He just don't like what they do because it's against what's written. So if it's against what's written, it is up to us when we go in there and we're taught the right way. We don't sit in front of people, not only the homosexual, anyone. Sin is sin. We make that the biggest thing that it, that it is. We look at homosexuals as if it's a disease. But anything that is not in alignment with the word, we're supposed to teach according to the word. You do not let... A divided house would fall. We cannot let sin be in this house without bringing out what the word of God says. We're supposed to teach what God wants us to teach. We don't look at the person and say, oh Lord, if I teach that, they won't come back. And you did what God told you to do. That's what teaching does. So we don't just let people stay in the house without giving them the truth to keep them in the house. We don't do that. Like daddy was saying, and that's why I wanted him to bring that out even more. Because when you leave stuff like that, people think that you don't supposed to talk to gays. You don't supposed to talk to people that are in sin. You let them all grow together. But when you take that, that um, scripture out of content, if he had a went on and broke that scripture down, it would let you know there are tares amongst the wheat. The reason why he said let them grow together is because you got some of them that say that they love God but really don't. So when the end come, guess what? You're going to know the real ones. That's that scripture. But if you don't break that down and you leave it like that, people will think daddy was saying, leave them gays alone and let them stay in church. Let them stay amongst you. God will handle them at the end. <laughs> no, you got to tell them what's right. And if you keep speaking truth, it's either going to draw them or drive them. But why do you have so much sin in the house of God? Because there's not enough of truth coming through the house. When you speak truth in the house, because you know the truth, 
You're going to get an empty house. You're going to find out who's for God and who ain't. Because them doors going to be open and closing. Y'all know the revolving doors. And that's how it's going to be. So we want to stick with truth. We want people to be taught the right way. Because we're going to be accountable, held accountable for what we did not say. So it don't matter who it is. We supposed to speak truth in love. We supposed to teach people according to what the word of God is saying. And this is what Jesus was doing. This very scripture, it will tell you here. Remember he said that you're going to be just like the angels. The angels don't marry, right? So if the angels don't marry, the angels ain't having no babies either. So when you go back to Genesis and you read that, they say the angels came down and they slept with the women. And that's why we got these big giants. That's a lie. Why would Jesus contradict himself? When you talk about the sons of God, it's talking about Seth's generation. It's talking about the ones that were standing for God, that were standing for righteous. They end up going in with those women, and this is why they call them them big men. See, when you don't know truth, you go on the first thing somebody say without hearing what God has to say to back it up. Why would Jesus say that it's going to be just like, we're going to be just like the angels in in heaven they're not given in marriage or married come on they're spirits if anything happened those demons or whatever that fell to the earth what they did just like they're doing today they're telling people sleep with that person that's what happened they used the sons of god which was the ones that was righteous and said get with those women god ain't told you to get with that's what happened come on it's happening today Church folks, you hear the Lord speaking to you. Don't sleep with that man's wife. Don't mess with that woman. You're a married man. You hearing God tell you to do that. And you know you shouldn't have did it before you did it. But you did it. Now you think it's okay to do it. No, it's not. So we know. Some of us know what's right. But we choose to do what's wrong. Even when you're not saved, you know what not to do. Everybody know. You touch a hot stove, you're going to be burnt. You touch a loose woman, you will get burnt. Burn it all over. Don't know what you caught. Then you get caught. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So this is why I'm saying I'm going to stop there. We know that God's word is, is him speaking. It's God breathed. It's the breath of God. It is living. It's active. It's powerful. We know all this about God's word, but we're going to go more into detail so we understand what the world, what the word does and what the word has already done. Amen. And I pray that this has helped somebody. Hallelujah. At this time, do we have any um, announcements? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.